This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro What's going on, everybody? This is Jesse Carter, and you are listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Today, I'm joined with a special guest, Kenny Lush. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Not much. It's just, uh, oh, my chihuahuas are barking already. Uh, hey, man. You're yes. on the show, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a <laughs> shitty, rainy day in Vancouver and, you know, pandemic. So you're just sitting in at home in the rain. It's fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, man. I'm over here in Washington state. I get the same shit. So, um, I mean, you've been keeping pretty busy though during the pandemic, man. What's, uh, h- how's that been going for you? Uh, it's been fun. Like, uh, you know, that's, I kind of had a band that got together. A drummer hit me up who, you know, I've always liked the bands that he used to play in and shit like that. And, uh, this is probably about November last November. So right before the pandemic and he hit me up and we've just been like writing music and we got a couple other members of the band going now. And yeah, I've just been working on this new band, which has been pretty awesome. We just put our first song out and had pre-orders for the EP on Friday. So yeah, I've just been kind of dealing with that and getting, trying to get merch stores going and all the shit that goes along with being in a band other than playing shows, the fun part of being in a band, but Right. Yeah. That's the fun part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the glory of it all, man. Yeah. (laughs) The other shit behind the scenes is, is not fun. No, not at all. (laughs) So is, is it bad out there in, um, in Canada for the pandemic or is shit open out there or how's it going over there? Uh, where I am, like it's different state by or province by province. I, I think Ontario and Quebec have it really bad. And Alberta has it pretty bad too. Where I am, like gyms are open. Um, I don't think like jujitsu schools and stuff like that are open. We can't have pro wrestling. Like I see some, you know, I'll go on fucking Twitter and there's like some states down there with like full on pro wrestling shows, which just blows my mind. Like I'm not talking AEW, I'm talking like fucking shitty indies with like, you know, 200 (laughs) people crammed into a fucking basement. Like, come on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got their masks on though, dude. They're good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just seems like, so, like, fuck, even, even like s- some of those AEW guys were like kind of doing other indie shots. And then, like, I, I don't watch it. I, I just read the Stooge fucking websites or whatever. But, uh, you know, I saw a couple of those dudes even tested positive and shit. And it's like, man, like, why are you working these shit indies during a pandemic? And now you can't do the fucking job that pays you. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's rough, man. Some of these guys, that's basically all they have. You know what I mean? Like they don't have anything else to to lean back on. So I guess just professional wrestling is it, man. I mean, man, it, for me, if I if I was in the professional wrestling game, 
I would be working a nine to five as well as doing the indies until I made it to something like WWE or AEW or something that was a steady paycheck. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think you should always, you know, like the chance of making this, you know, is so it's like winning the lottery. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's 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 rough out there, man. There's lots of options. So, (laughs) yeah. And like, even when you look at something like, you know, like something like AEW pops up and you think it has, you know, a good chance of, you know, like, you know, there's just more companies. Maybe I can make it. But. I don't know. It's just like AEW just hires WWE guys that just left. So it's like, <laughs> so like, unless you make it to WWE first, I don't know if you'll make it to AEW, but that's uh, true, man. At the beginning yeah. of AEW, it was more like the, the independent darlings, you know what I mean? And then now yeah, it, it kind of does seem like that, right? Like as soon as there's one released from the other, then they're getting signed to uh, AEW. <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. So, you know, it's on TV and you want viewers. So you kind of want people that, you know, the, the common average dude, you know, knows, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, takes, yeah, definitely. It takes, I guess it takes a lot less time to get a guy like Rusev over as opposed to like, you know, say like a guy they should sign from here, like an Ethan HD, you know, but you yeah. got to put the time in getting him over this and that. So that I, I don't know. I guess it makes sense. You got two hours a week. You might as well just get guys that everyone knows already. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, man. It's yeah. a smart business for sure. That's that's why they had Jericho start out the whole um, thing. You know what I mean? Jericho was kind of the face of the company there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, for the people not uh, not really aware of who you are, man, why don't you uh, give us a little backstory on who uh, Kenny Lush is in the professional wrestling game? Oh, man, uh, I'm just a uh, fucking... You know, I've been lucky to get a couple tours and stuff like that. So I can't say I've done nothing, but, uh, you know, I'm just like a guy from here. I trained in 1999, uh, trained by a guy named Rocket Randy Tyler, who was, uh, who was kind of a guy who wrestled for all-star wrestling on TV back in the day. He's actually a lawyer in real life. And oh, uh, shit. yeah, so, you know, the pro wrestling lawyer. So, you know, his story is pretty <laughs> fucking cool, but, uh. Yeah, I was trained by him. I remember uh, actually Dr. Luther, like Luther from AEW, actually ran a couple classes when I was training too. So, you know, I was got to, he taught me how to do a headlock. So that's, I could always claim that. And yeah, <laughs> I've just, uh, yeah, I wrestled kind of just locally around BC till about 2002 or three. And then I started a band called Daggermouth. And, uh, we started, we put a few albums out. We started touring a whole bunch. And of course, like all bands, we broke up in 2009. So I hated traveling with four or five other dudes. So I was like, I'm going to go back to pro wrestling because I love it and I miss it. And I want to do shit. I still want to travel, but I don't want to do it with five other dudes. So I did. <laughs> yeah. So went back to wrestling and started doing the, the local shots and hitting the gym and doing the Harley race camps and this and that. And yeah, I was able to do a couple cool things in my time. Like I've done fuck four or five tours of Korea. I've been to Japan twice. I just went to Japan and wrestled. I guess it would be two years ago now because of the pandemic, but yeah, I did a two week tour with a company all around the Northern Island of Hokkaido. So that was really cool too. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Japan's. I've always wanted to go to Japan, dude. It's, it's fucking gnarly and intriguing too. Like, just a oh, whole different culture. Yeah, it's rad. I love it there, man. Like, Japan is fucking awesome. But then, like, I've been to Japan lots. Like, I've toured over there with my band. I've been on vacation. I've done like, uh, I actually had my like kind of one and only MMA fight over there too. And uh, Japan's awesome. But then when I did this last tour over there. I went over there and I brought this guy, uh, Fergie. I don't know if you know uh, Ferg from out here. Um, I'm not, no, I'm not familiar with him, no. Yeah, he's a fucking rad wrestler. He's going to be good. But uh, So I brought him on this tour. And I was like, oh, get ready for Japan. Like This is going to be crazy. Like You've never seen anything like it. And we went to Hokkaido. Like Tokyo's like the middle island. Hokkaido's like the top island, the northern island. And it was like all farm towns it was like two week two <laughs> two week tours of like fuck man made walla walla washington look big you know some of these towns it was crazy <laughs> oh damn yeah and it was weird you'd pull up into these towns and there'd be no one around and you'd you know help set the ring up just for something to do because it was like a it's kind of an indie company out there like it's not fucking new japan by any means or anything it was just like couple guys in vans ring truck so you get there you'd set the ring up you'd sit around and you'd be like fuck like i haven't seen a single person since we've got here and then like they'd send you in the back because doors are about to open and all of a sudden there'd be like 400 people in this gymnasium I'm like where the fuck did all these people come from but yeah it was it was fucking cool because it was crazy it was like it reminded me of ireland how green everything was and stuff up in the northern land i guess that's where they do all the farming and there's a lot of like ski mountains and shit up there so it was really cool i got to spend one night in sapporo which is the big city on that oh, okay so yeah that's gnarly dude yeah one, one of these days man hopefully when this uh pandemic clears out i'll talk my wife into going to tokyo about I, I i try to I try to tell her that all the time. One day we're going to go to Tokyo. I'm going to show you some wrestling over there. And she's, she's like, fuck that. We're, I'm not going over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's beautiful, man. And like, yeah, there's wrestling everywhere. Like, you know, you just walking in a mall and, oh, there's the big Japan pro wrestling store. And right near uh, Cork and hall, which is like that famous hall, which is right beside the uh, Tokyo dome, but not too far from there is like the new Japan shop and everything. So but wow. it's great. There's also like, you know, you go to Harajuku if your wife likes shopping. There's fucking so much shopping for girls oh, yeah. and stuff. So she does. Yeah. That so she does. <laughs> kind of the best of both worlds, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah. It, it's amazing how how crazy the culture is out in Japan for pro wrestling and music, right? Like you said, you said that you toured with your band over there, too. Yeah. And coming, you know, like you guys are Canadian band. And I mean, even for American bands going over there, dude, they fucking love that shit over there, dude. Like those fans are crazy. Yeah, it's weird. There's bands that like, like uh, Daggermouth was booked by this company who also booked this band called Zebra Head, who like, if you know pop punk or whatever, like they were kind of on a major lit, but like never really did anything. They played some warp tours and shit like that. And anyways, like, you know, if they were to come to Vancouver, they probably maybe at the most get a hundred people or something. But they were over in Japan last time I was over there, and there was there was like 
posters everywhere for it. And I wrote my booking agent. I'm like, oh, is Zebrahead playing? Like hoping I could like catch a show or something like that. Because they'll play stadiums over there. And over here, they'll play like shitty little clubs, right? And, yeah. and my booking agent was like, they're actually over there. They got like flown over and paid just to do press. Like they weren't even touring. They were just going around talking to TV stations and doing like a press tour, which wow. kind of blows my mind. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of money to go over there. That's like, that's, that's kind of like the situation on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine like paying, flying somebody all the way, you know, to Japan just to answer some questions. That's yeah. Crazy. But I guess there's fucking the bands that loved over there. So, you know, yeah, there's a there's a lot of shit they love about the the culture over this this way. You know what I mean? This this side of the world. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's insane over there. Yeah. And they think it's all like something special over here. And everyone over here is like, fuck, I wish I lived in Japan or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> Especially in recent times. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> it's been it's been wild, man. So anyway, uh. So how was, did you ever do anything in like ROH and stuff? I thought I seen like a picture of you from ROH or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. ROH. Yeah. No, I did a couple, uh, like dark matches and I'm on, I'm like on one of the DVDs from like a show that they did in, uh, Toronto. One of the, it was one of the shows with like when uh, new Japan would be with ring of honor, it was one of those shows. Oh, and I, yeah. I did like an opening match that wasn't on the pay-per-view, but I guess they slapped it on the DVD or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, just trying to, trying to get my name out there and make a bit of a break. And, uh, my buddy Kyle, I'm good friends with Kyle O'Reilly. And he, at the oh, time, wow. he, at the time was working for ring of honor. And he was just like, dude, fly on out, hop in the car with, with me and we'll fucking do this. We'll, you know, at least get you to meet some of the guys and blah, blah, blah. So it was cool. I got to do that. And I ended up, you know, I think I did that two or three times. And then I did, uh, you know, I even did one of the new Japan tryout camps and, you know, I think I did pretty good. And I got to wrestle one of the Briscoe brothers there for, uh, it was, it was the crazy one. Which one's the crazier one? Is that Jay or Mark? I don't know. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know, dude. They're both pretty crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I worked one of them and he put me over, so it was a good match and stuff. So it was really, it was really cool. You know, they actually, you know, kind of took me aside and at one point and was like, well, you live on the West coast, like you live in Western Canada. That's like absolutely the worst place you could live. And, you know, like, would you kind of think of moving out, out East and, you know, maybe like Toronto or something like that. And, you know, I was mid thirties then or something. And I was just like, you know, I'll move. And like, I'll, you know, my wife, you know, at that point, like I had a talk with the wife and she would even like consider, you know, putting her work on hold and doing the move. And it was just like, you know, I kind of asked like, can I get like a guaranteed money or something? Like, can I, you know, and it just, it wasn't worth like I couldn't justify it. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, definitely, man. It's putting it all on the line right there. Yeah, and I spent like my twenties fucking touring hard, right? So I don't want to, you know, like it. You know, I I ate up my twenties in a fucking touring van, playing all over the world and shit. So in a band, so <laughs> you know, I had to get some sort of, you know, 
Like, just just tell me this amount of money and, you know, but. So, but yeah, that's kind of what happened. And, you know, which is whatever. Because shortly, right shortly right after that, the last kind of Ring of Honor stuff I did, I got the, you know, started brainstorming about doing the Daggermouth did a reunion there for a year or two and got to, that's when we went to Japan and played and did a year up tour and did some festivals in the States and stuff like that. So, you know, it was cool. And then, you know, but definitely playing the music and not wrestling. I definitely tossed some pounds back on and shit like that. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, man, it, it happens, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm 40 now. So I'm just like, yeah, that time came and went for the ring of honor. So, <laughs> but no, it's, you know, the one thing I could say, like I I recommend to anyone like that wanted to be, you know, if you're a young guy and you want to make it in wrestling out on the, and you're living on the West coast, it's cool because there's like defy now. Right. Like, yeah. You know, which really helps put some eyes on the scene, but you know, there was fucking in Western Canada, there was fuck all. And there still really isn't much right now. So, you know, I recommend to anyone just train. And if you really want to make it go at it, just fucking save up a couple bucks and, Go move somewhere for a year. See what happens. If you think you're ready, go do it. Definitely, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how like these independent promotions are just kind of blowing up in sh- such short times, right? I yeah. Mean, like Defy, uh, it, it, you mentioned Defy, and obviously Prestige. You know what I mean? I remember the. That's actually where I met you at. And the first time I seen you was at the very first Prestige. Yeah, that show was great. I had, uh, I liked working for that guy William. He's a good dude and. You know, it was nice to, you know, I love, I love wrestling the small towns and William was bringing like a really good, good shows to, you know, cause a lot of promoters out there are fucking carny and, you know, they just put together the fucking shittiest wrestlers, you know, and the cheapest, <laughs> the cheapest show because it's like, ah, you know, we're gonna, it's some fucking small town. They've never seen wrestling or they haven't for 20 years, wow. but you know, William wanted the best wrestlers and stuff and. No, I was really stoked to do those first few shows for him and kind of. I, I remember, I remember looking on the poster and seeing and seeing your picture in particular, and I was like, "Well, I don't know who Kenny Lush is, but because this was actually my first uh, independent show since I was like, fuck, dude, like four. Oh shit! <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I I didn't even think independent like wrestling existed in my area, dude. And then William put this together. Yeah, and, uh, I, I remember seeing your picture and I was like, dude, this guy, you know, he looks fucking dope. Like he has that. It's it's kind of ironic now knowing that, you you know, you've done punk rock and shit for so many years. Um, that's that's the first thought that came to my mind. I was like, dude, he looks very punk rock. I like <laughs> like I like this shit. It's going to be gnarly. And then um, when we went out to see the show. <laughs> <laughs> I took my wife actually. This is the first the, the first prestige. And I remember um that when you came down to the ring, you fucking like hawked that loogie up into the air. Oh <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Leo almost made my wife throw up. Aww. <laughs> that was like I was like, yes, dude. I knew this guy was punk rock. Yeah. And then it, it, just, it just it just felt right, dude. Like I really dug the character and then seeing you wrestle for the first time. I was glad uh William actually put the the his first championship on you, right? Yeah, I guess. Fuck, I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great because originally it was supposed to be uh, William wanted me and and Mike Santiago Mm -hmm. to do like some no holds barred match. But we were supposed to be the semi main and Davey Richards. I remember, I think he was 
was he wrestling Tom Lawler that show? I think I can't remember. That was part yeah. two, right? Prestige two or something. I think Prestige two was. I thought it was in a three way match with Davy Richards. On Prestige, I don't know. Fuck. I no, that know. was the one that you actually lost the belt. Oh, was that not was, two? Was uh, that? I don't know. No, no. Did you win the title? <laughs> it, it, I don't think they had a title on the first Prestige, did they? No, I did. Yeah, I remember I had a belt at some point. Maybe I won it on the second one or something. <laughs> Fuck, I, I don't it was, know. Yeah, I think it was the second one. That was, uh, or maybe you did win it on the first one. Fuck, I don't know either, man. I don't remember because I'm so, not a belt mark. Yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, I remember, uh, I remember taking a picture with you though at the VIP table and, uh, you had the belt. I'm fucking trying to remember, dude, if it was part, I think it was either two or three that you had the belt. Cause I think you wanted it too. Yeah. I think, I don't yeah, know. I fucking don't know. <laughs> all I, all I know is like, yeah, he wanted us to be semi-main and then Davey Richards was like, wait, so you want like a fucking like street fight false or like no holds barred like no rules match to go right before mine and davy rich is like no let these guys have the main event and i was like oh man what am i gonna do to top davy richards that guy's like the best wrestler in the world and (laughs) you know but afterwards he's like you know i think the match went really good i remember everyone in hermes in there being like stoked on it and stuff like that so no yeah it was good man it was good i think that was the first uh street brawl that we got and then the second street brawl was Drexel and Sonico. Yeah, that's right. And they fucking yeah. they went crazy. Yeah, they fucking tore the house down, dude. And then I yeah. think you had to follow that shit. Or no, you didn't. That was the that was the main event, actually. Yeah, thank fuck. <laughs> Drexel's crazy. It, it was good though, man. Did you ever get to wrestle in Defy? No, I never did. They uh they kind of started just as like my uh just as Daggermouth was coming around. And, and they've, they asked me on the first few shows and I'm sure if I ever got back into it or whatever, like, I'm sure I could go there and wrestle. But the, the thing is as a Canadian, it's fucking hard. Like you have to skirt the, skirt the border, right? Like, like Americans can come up to Canada to wrestle. No problem. And same with bands, bands could come into Canada and play gigs. And all you have to do is kind of just present like a contract saying like oh hold on my phone's ringing sorry uh all all you have to do is uh all you have to do is kind of say a con like show them a contract that you're playing a legitimate venue or even not like bands come up and play like fucking like basements and shit right but to go into the states it's fucking brutal and there's people like people have gotten banned you get five-year bans if you're caught and I, I just had like, like we had tours booked with dagger mouth and shit like that. And I was like, dude, if I get nailed going across the border and fucking fuck over four other dudes, you know, who have already bought plane fare, like airfare to do Europe tours and stuff like that. Like they'd kill me. I'd kill my, I'd, I'd beat my own self up. Right. So yeah, that's, that's a risk. So, so how, I've never understood this because I've actually never been out of the country. So, what, um, what, what, in, what do you have to do to get over the? Why, why is it so hard to come into the states? Because in Canada, and same with like if 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 a band wants to go tour to Europe, you know, 
it's fine. I know Canadian bands because Europe and Canada kind of have a deal. You don't have to get a a work visa or anything. And it's I think it's the same with American bands. To go into the UK, you have to get a visa, but it's like fifty bucks for the band or something. It's really cheap. But the thing about America is, whenever people come from other countries to America, even if I'm a fucking like just small rinky dink pro wrestler crossing into fucking Seattle, you know, like by the time I like, you know, let's face facts. Like, what am I going to get paid? I might sell a couple shirts. I'll probably get like fucking, you know, breaking news. Promoters don't pay you fucking $10,000. If you win on a giant check, like you're probably getting 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, you know, by the time you, you know, by the time you cover gas, you get a meal, maybe a hotel room if you don't want to drive back, you're already fucking spent your money in the States, right? But the American government loves the whole, they're taking my job away. You're taking their jobs. You know, it's the whole fucking let's build a fence around Mexico mentality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, they think, they think that you're taking a job away from, you know, some American that could be getting it. You know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. I'm not going to come down there and fucking you know, work in an office or something like that. But, you know, I don't think there's any, like, for arts and shit like that. Like, even even as a band, when, because uh, with Daggermouth, we, we got our work visas. And so this is how it works if you want to, this might be boring, but this is how it works. First, you have to join the Musicians Union, which is about, fuck, 300 bucks per member. So oh, five shit. Yeah, so five piece for a year. So that's, oh my God. it only lasts a year. Yeah. Or I think it's like 60 bucks a quarter or something like that. So y'all have to join the union. Then you have to, from there, you, you submit your tour dates and all the stuff to the American government. And you have to fill out contracts for every show that you're playing for like the whole year, blah, blah, blah. And all in all, it ends up costing a band, whether you're fucking the Rolling Stones or whether you're like Daggermouth, it costs the band about $3,000 a year to get a work visa. It's fucking so expensive and stupid. Like, wow. And you're basically paying the same, whether I'm like, you know, crossing the border to play like some bar in Seattle and a bar in Portland, you know, it's the same price as what fucking Rolling Stones probably pays, you know, except they have a bigger crew. So, you know, every member it costs a little bit more, but yeah, it's, it's silly. It costs so much money to go to the States and play. So, and then actually right before Trump, uh, left office, I don't, well, I don't know if it was Trump or whatever, but right before he got out of office, uh, the mute, the, the, P2, it's a P2 that you get when you're a band. The that's the what they call the work permit. And okay. they they just jacked it up like 40% or 30% or something like that. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping like it'd be nice with the new government, like with Biden and you know, everyone's trying to get along and play nice now. You know, it'd be nice if they kind of took that fucking rule away. Like, you know, if you're a band from yeah, Canada, that's, that seems know. a little ridiculous, man. Like, I mean, if if you're a band like the Rolling Stones, <laughs> yeah, coming down and you can afford that shit, 
Yeah. Then it totally. makes sense. You know what I mean? But for, for bands just trying to make a name for themselves, you know, to come and play some dive bars and shit, like who can afford that shit? Cause dive bars are, they're, they're going to pay the same as pro wrestling, except this time you got to split that shit with five members. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's mind blowing, man. Yeah. So it was, I'd like to hope that one day they kind of chill at the border over that. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Well, you definitely learn something new every day. I, I didn't know any of this, man. That's that's fucking wild. Yeah, America's really weird when it comes to, you know, thinking people are sneaking in to take their jobs and shit like that. It's really, really weird. So Right. Except but. except most of America thinks it's only coming from Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's wild, man. Yeah, that's so. that's that's crazy, dude. Especially like like you said with arts, you know what I mean. Like this isn't like you're not coming to work at the fucking Home Depot over here, or you're not coming to work on Wall Street. <laughs> you know? No. What I mean? Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming to play a bar. Hopefully, you know, draw, you know, 150, 200 people who will come out to a bar, spend their money buying booze and fucking having a night out. So. You know, I kind of look at it as like, I don't know, I'm doing more for the economy than the economy's doing for me down there. You know what I mean? So No, definitely. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, you know, when you go on tour, you, you fucking buy gas, you're fucking eating out for a month down there. Like, you know, it's not like the, the you know, it's not like I'm ripping off the country. I'm not hopping on the welfare system while I'm down there or anything, you know? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, definitely. Like, that's that's wild, dude. Yeah. I can't believe you guys had to... had to, So you had to go through this shit just for, for wrestling, too? Uh, no, for wrestling, I, I, I skirted and just fucking snuck across. Saying, <laughs> you know, I did the bullshit. Just visiting. Like, yeah, just visiting <laughs> or, you know... Well, because well, like you said, it's not like you're going to be crossing back to, you know into Canada with a million dollars or anything like that. It's just, yeah, exactly. You know, in uh, the independence, it's, it's brutal in, in music and in wrestling. I mean, uh, I can't imagine having, you know, to be in your position to come from Canada into the States just to work an independent, you know, <laughs> yeah, just to get it like a couple hundred bucks or. Yeah, totally. You know, and, but it's, it's, I also get hassled all the time. Like, uh, even in the airports in like Vancouver, the first time I went to Japan, I was wrestling for you know Tajiri. He he, lived of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a company for a while called Smash, and I I went out there to do a show there, and you know I dressed up like I always like to dress up nice if I'm like going to a company for my first time. They're flying me over somewhere and shit, right? Like, yeah, you don't definitely. Want, don't want to get off the plane with mustard stained fucking jogging pants and a wife beater on, right? So, <laughs> you know, you kind of dress up and, you know, you want to look good. And right as I was boarding, the security at the airport up here pulled me aside and they're like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually a pro wrestler. Here's my work visa you know, in my passport and they're like, well, pro wrestling, like, 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 like UFC. And I'm like, no, no, like, like, like WWE, but like small level, you know? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you can't be transporting more than $10,000 on you. Right. And I'm like, I just looked down. I'm like, look, I wouldn't be going to Japan for two days to have one match and make $200. <laughs> you know, if I had ten, if I had ten thousand dollars to my name, there's a lot of other better things I'd rather be doing than hopping on a plane, 
getting off, going to bed, waking up, doing a wrestling show, and then hopping back on a plane, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> Fuck the police. <laughs> right. Well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit, dude, and talk about your music journey. We'll get back to wrestling in a little bit. But um, so so you were with Dagger Mouth for how many years? Um, We were a band from like 2004 till early 2009. And then I guess what what would it be now? I guess almost four years ago we got back together and did a, you know, did a year or two of like reunion stuff before we all got sick of each other again. And that kind of <laughs> petered out. And uh, yeah, so we did, you know, got back together and did a bunch of festivals down in Florida and Montreal and Europe tour in Japan. And even got flown out to like the Maritimes out here, like Newfoundland, which was fucking cool because those plane tickets are like, it's more expensive to fly to Eastern Canada than it is almost anywhere else in the world from here, right? Like, I think the plane tickets were like 1600 bucks a person, and some promoter loved us, so he flew us out there. So it was, it was pretty sweet. But yeah, so that kind of ended, I don't know, like a year and a bit ago. We just kind of did one last show opening for a Swedish band out here, and I think we all just kind of... Well, four of us were kind of tired of one guy and we just kind of <laughs> let it go because the one that guy is was, usually how it works. Yeah. And the one guy, sadly, <laughs> we're sick of was the singer. So, oh, we, yeah. So we're just like, ah, time to let this die. And yeah, then uh, I started working on this new band with with this guy, Jimmy. And uh, yeah, we're called Rest Easy and things have been going good so far. Yeah. On Friday, we just kind of put out the pre-orders for our new seven inch that's coming out if you're into vinyl and uh oh yeah yeah very much so yeah and put him put a little lyric video out and yeah we've just been working on that and been writing uh been getting ready writing for the full length hopefully we can go in and record you know by the end of summer is it just you and one other guy no no well it was uh it's me and this guy jimmy walsh who played in this band called shook ones who was okay. uh yeah they were from bellingham actually originally Oh wow! And uh, but he's originally from Philadelphia. He lives in Edmonton, Alberta now. He met a he met a lady and a Canadian lady and moved to Edmonton, Alberta. And and uh, yeah, so we ended up getting my buddy Dana, who was in Daggermouth. He's playing bass, and then our friend Dylan is uh, he's going to sing, or he is the singer. So yeah, it kind of all worked out and. This has been cool because Daggermouth, everything always fell on my plate, right? Like I, I did all the tour booking. I did all the merch organized. I, I did everything, right? Oh, so it's a headache. Yeah. So it's it, this band's been really good. Everyone kind of like steps up to the plate. and Does you know, their every, part. That's yeah. great, man. Yeah. And it's been like kind of the first time with Jimmy and Edmonton. Like we, we just write this shit in GarageBand, most of it. Like we just, you know, he'll send me a drum beat. Like, yo, I've been you know, I say this drum beat and it kind of reminds me of this song. And then I'll be like, Oh yeah, fuck. I love that song. And like, I'll, you know, we'll kind of use it as an influence and, you know, just start riffing back and forth. And I'll be like, yeah, I think I got the verse. Like, let's come up with a chorus now. And then, you know, we kind of start off out that way. And then we put it into like a Facebook chat with the other guys. Like 
what do you guys think? And then everyone's like, ah, oh, you should do this after. And we'll all hum and haw and go back and forth. And that's how we write songs now in a pandemic. Just fucking yeah. over. It's creative, dude. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And it's, it's been nice. Cause I'm always from the mind frame that like you have to, you know, if you're in a band, you got to practice two or three nights a week at the jam space and this and that. And, you know, that's cool when you're 20, but when you're fucking late thirties, 40 year old, you know, you, your time's more limited. You know what I mean? You can't yeah, be like, no, yeah, definitely. you know, jamming till 2am drinking beer fucking three nights a week. So yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I completely get what you, what you're saying about, you know, everybody stepping up to the plate, man. Like I was telling you off air, you know, uh, when I, I, I sang for a couple of bands and I, the one that comes to mind, man, is I joined this one band and, uh, my first band and I basically had no responsibilities, man. Like I was just, <laughs> I was just yeah. there to fucking sing, bro. Like, yeah, like that's the, you know what I mean? I, I didn't mean shit. Like I didn't even write lyrics in this band. Like it, oh, it was shit. all, yeah, it was all my guitar player. Like it was his creative vision and he's actually my tattoo artist now. Oh, sick. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We're still really good friends. And, uh, yeah, dude, he just phenomenal, uh, creative vision. You know what I mean? So I just kind of let him do what he does. And, um, man, like thinking back on it, dude, like with all the, the tech experience that I have now, um, when it comes to, you know, anything like from producing to, um, you know, even flyer making, you know what I mean? Like to, yeah. to making flyers and shit like that. I just wish that I would have had like the skills that I have now to bring to the table for my band back then. Cause basically all it was dude was just me showing up and singing, dude. <laughs> yeah. All my job was, and he did all the hard work, man, when it came to booking and everything else. Oh man. Did you guys ever get to tour anywhere? Or? Um, no, not really. Uh-huh. Like we, we were, we were really young on that band. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, on my second band, I got to play an arena show and that was pretty cool. Oh fuck. Yeah. Uh, Who'd you open for? Um, it was actually a battle of the bands. It wasn't really an opener, but we like that. There was a bunch of, there was a big audience for it. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say it was a sold out arena or anything like that, but it was an arena show. So I was just stoked to be on this huge stage and not at a dive bar or anything. You know what I mean? So it was, it was pretty fun, dude. Got third place. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's not bad. (laughs) No. Yeah, it was good, dude. I had a lot of fun, man. As an experience that I'll always remember, but yeah. No, I never take like, you know, as I get older, like, you know, sometimes I'm bitter over shit or I wish things went a different way, but like, I don't take any of it for granted. You know what I mean? Like, oh, definitely. You know, I definitely think like, you know, being an indie wrestler or, or, you know, a fucking DIY musician, you know, it teaches you a, a certain work ethic that, you know, sticks with you and, you know, helps you fucking. You know what I mean? Like even your uh, yeah. regular, you know, it just, you know, when it comes down to like problem solving and shit like that, you know what I mean? Like oh, you, definitely. See some, you see some people just fucking freak out and it's like, well, we got to deal with it. Like, you know, van breaks down middle of nowhere. You got to show like, okay, let's fucking not cry. Let's figure this out. You know, like, and it's all like life skills that have really, I think, helped me out in the long run over the years, just in everyday life. Hundred percent, man, and it's it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about now that there's actually wrestlers out there that have never had to to do the grimy work to get into a big company, and same with bands. You know what I mean? Like, 
some were just, I mean, not saying that like these wrestlers or these bands aren't good cause they are, but, um, some of them just didn't have to do that shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they were just in the right place, right time or knew the right people. And, Oh, totally. Not in it, you know what I mean? Like there's some, you know, like Randy Orton, for instance, you know what I mean? He didn't, re- he didn't fucking work an independent date in his life, you know, except for OVW or whatever it was, which was already a WWE developmental. Yeah. And, you know, just people like that, that have just like, you know, they didn't have to like sleep in their car or make a hundred bucks at an independent show or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, any, any crazy shit. Same with bands, dude. Bands do the same shit. Like you just said, you know, breaking, you know, your van breaking down or anything. Well, some bands were fucking born with a tour bus. It's hard to just start to imagine that. Yeah, I know for sure. And sometimes it bums you out. I remember, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like we were on Daggermouth was on tour back in 2007 maybe with uh our buddies we're opening for this band called i'm the avalanche and they're fucking awesome band and anyways there was uh there was this band called the sound and fury or some shit like that they were like total cock rocker dudes anyways (laughs) this this one guy i think i think he was canadian too the main guy and anyways this guy was rich and he just always had a dream of having a band. So he literally like, like bought musicians to write him a song and then bought touring musicians to go out on the road with. And he like had a bus and stuff. And it was crazy because these, these guys bought their way onto this tour and it was fucking hilarious. I also remember I'm the avalanche. Like this tour was like in November and they were like, listen, we're because they were the headliners, right? So they got the money for having this band buy on to the tour. And they were like, this band is what makes it so we could buy our girlfriend's Christmas presents this year. So, <laughs> you know, as, as lame as it is that they're fucking these, these jokes, but this band, they would show up. They, we were playing every day. They would only do every second or third day because the singer didn't want to hurt his voice. So they would show up and sometimes like, Literally, they were playing before the local, like before the local openers were, and they would play in front of like 10 people or fucking eight people some nights, and then just like get back on their tour bus and be like, see in three days, they would just like drive to the next town and get a fancy hotel and stuff. It was crazy. But of course, no one knows who they are now and we're laughing about them and (laughs) I'm fucking still rocking. I'll bet, I'll bet every band on that tour fucking buried them every chance they got. Oh, yeah. We fucking talk some bad <laughs> shit on them, but, you know. Hey, well, you know, at least you can say that they got up and they played in front of the smaller crowds for you guys, though, and they didn't completely steal your thunder. I mean, you know, no, yeah. they could have been dicks and be like, nope, we're fucking headlining every show. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like, We, I think we all were hoping that they would like, like hope to bro down and be like, yo, you want to go, you guys want to come on the bus and drink some beer? Like we were kind of hoping they'd fucking like at least try to be our friends and give us a beers or something. But nah, they would just like show stick up to their own. Yeah. Show up, stick to their own play and then leave. And we're like, ah, fuck these guys, you know, <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's always got to be some people like that. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, you know, it's <laughs> but, hard to give you know, Rand, it's hard to give Randy Orton shit, though. Like the way I think about it is oh, he's, like, pheno- he's phenomenal. Well, and his dad fucking slept in the cars and his dad, his yep. dad, his dad paid the dues. And those fucking old timers, like 
they were on the road like crazy. So, you know, like Bob Orton fucking, he, he paid Randy's dues. You know what I mean? Like that no, guy, a hundred percent, hundred percent. You yes. know, the, you can't fault a guy for, you know, after everything he's put into the business, you know, like I remember at one point, Mick Foley's daughter was trying to get into wrestling and I was like, ah, that's kind of whack, but also fuck Mick Foley's family can get whatever they want because that guy's, he's hurting now, let alone like, I can only imagine another 10 years how that guy must feel. Right. So, oh, yeah, you know, if you get your going kid, for some major surgeries, that's for sure. Yeah. So if you can get your kids a job at WWE, fuck all the more power to those guys. Yeah, definitely, man. No, I mean, Randy Orton is one of the best performers in professional wrestling. So, I mean, it's not that the work ethic wasn't there because the guy, you know, he busted his ass to get where he was. It's just, you know, he never had to do like India, you know, the indie events or anything like that, which, you know, like you said, you know, his dad kind of paid his dues for him. But I mean, Randy Orton has definitely earned everything he's gotten. Um, yeah. He he's he's a phenomenal performer, man, and still going to this day. So he's he's probably the only wow. one that we have left from the ruthless aggression era, I would say, right? Yeah, I would have fuck. I would have loved to see him do a New Japan run. Like I think he would be honestly really great doing that style out there. But I think he'd be great in anything he does. Like I always thought that because he was he was teasing there for a while that um, when his contract was kind of coming up, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and he was like kind of teasing that he'd be in AEW. And I just couldn't imagine Orton anywhere else but WWE. So I just, just the thought of him in a different promotion, even if it was just for such a short time for a match or so, would yeah. be really fun to watch. Like New Japan is another one. That would be great. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think you'd fucking kill it there. Oh, yeah. 100%, yeah. dude. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's there, you know, with the work ethic, like you said. Um, you know, paying your dues as an independent band and independent wrestler, man. I mean, <laughs> you're kind of fucking doing both both worlds, which is crazy to me. But yeah, least, you know, at, at least you're doing what you love, and you know, you've done some cool shit. And I, I thought you had some great matches in Prestige, and I got to see it live, so I'm thankful for that. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and it's like I'm probably not going to be doing much more wrestling. Like, I'm, I'm, I would love to get one more Japan tour. You know, I was hoping I'd get to go back over there and then all of a sudden this fucking pandemic happened. But hopefully, you know, I'm hitting the gym now and getting in shape again and, you know, just be ready for when it happens again. As far as the local stuff, I don't think I'll be doing much of it anymore, but I'd love to get one more little Japan run. But yeah, the wrestling's led into some definitely some cool shit, though. I I did uh, stunts on a WWE Netflix movie last year. So that oh really yeah there's this uh, movie on Netflix called the main event it's like a children's movie I don't know if you saw it no I haven't no it's really cool like uh uh Otis is in it and and uh I get beat by Mia Yim or whatever her name is now I think she's in like that retribution or whatever they're fucking called yeah but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's a kids movie like kids will love it and it's kind of about a kid that finds a magical lucha libre mask and goes into nxt and stuff it's a cute little movie but yeah i got to do stunts and be a little bit part in that my name comes up in a credit and stuff so that's pretty gnarly dude i'm gonna have to go check that out after this yeah man like it's a you know if you have kids or nieces or nephews or anything like it's so it's a it's a really cool movie i'm proud to be a part of it you know what i mean like i like tell you know everyone that has kids like 
you know, they're like, ah, the movie sucked, but the kids loved it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's why it's a kid's movie. But no, it was, it was really it's an cool experience though. That that's a, that's a pretty dope experience, dude. Yeah. And the, you know, I never got to get paid by WWE wrestling, but I still got paid by them to do a fucking movie. And I, I, you know, I would have framed that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the check the, straight from Stanford. Well, the three, <laughs> three days of doing stunts is uh, a pretty fucking good payoff. So oh, I, never mind that. I had to cash, cash that. that. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was a lot bigger than the $75 check I got from Sinclair broadcasting for ring of honor that I did. So, Oh, you know. damn. <laughs> did you at least take a picture of it? <laughs> I, th- I did at one point. It's on an old phone somewhere, but yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have at least taken a picture of it or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun, dude. I've always, I'm a big, I'm a big movie mark, dude. So nice. I, I, I love, I love film. So any, any opportunity that I would get to be in a movie, I'd be fucking stoked on. I don't care if it's a kid's film or not. <laughs> yeah. Vancouver has a lot of, uh, a lot of filming going on right now and shit like that. They've always been a big, big movie city because it's you know the canadian dollar is not you know the american companies can come up and save a whole bunch of money and then if you film in canada you get a bunch of tax breaks too or like from vancouver right you know so as long as like a certain amount of your crew is canadian you get a bunch of like your money back once you're filming and shit so yeah so uh yeah i did that i was also in uh there's a TV show called like DC legends of tomorrow. And, oh yeah. Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah. And me and Billy Swade from here and Pete powers and a couple local guys, we, we got to do stunts and they did a thing where they went back to like old school Mexico and we got to dress up as Lucha Libre guys and oh, gnarly, dude. be in the ring and stuff. So yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, whether, you know, I think like whether you're doing music or wrestling or, anything fuck you're playing baseball you know like you're you're gonna you know there's always things that you learn doing that one thing that can lead to other aspects you know other roads down the way so you know it's cool that pro wrestling's now leading me to you know fucking getting a couple movie gigs and stuff like that so i'm really stoked on that yeah 100 percent, man yeah that's yeah. fun that's that's some fun shit yeah so speaking of pro wrestling, man, so what, what were some of your favorite moments in your, in your run as a professional wrestler? Oh, fuck. I know, I'm, like, I'm going to dig in with the deep ones now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Korea going to Korea was my, like it was my first overseas tour. I remember, uh, my buddy Rick Patterson who wrestled as a uh, leather face, in Japan back in the day. Like, I don't know if you ever saw like the Mick Foley King of the death match tournaments and shit like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Leatherface was, he fought Terry Funk in the first round of the King of the death match tournament. And, uh, yeah. And he, you know, he was, uh, he's been going to Korea and Japan for fuck since like the early nineties, you know, like almost 20 years now. And, and, uh, yeah, he. I, I remember I was at the Harley Race Camp in Eldon, Missouri, and it was about day four or five, and I was just like fucking trugging through it, just oh my god. And then I got that email like, "Hey, are you available to go to Korea in October?" And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" And 
I sent some pictures off and they're like, sweet. They like you, your plane tickets on its way. Like just check your emails and blah, blah, blah. And that was a dream come true. Like my goal in pro wrestling was always to just like, if I could get paid well and flown out somewhere, like to me, that was, you know, that was kind of my like goal that I set for myself when I was like 19 and training, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it was, it was cool. I'd do uh, you know, so I did four or five tours of Korea and that's where I met like Tajiri there. He was on some of the shows. I Scott Norton was on one of the shows once. Oh, most wow. of the, most of the shows I did over there were with uh, this giant, huge black dude. Who's actually from Seattle. His name's Bob Sapp. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Oh, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would do like these shows of Bob Sapp and he was in Korea for like a month, like doing, you know, cause we would do one or two wrestling shows, but he would also be doing commercials and all this other shit. And the wrestling company over there was kind of acting as, as like business manager over there at the time. Wasn't and Bob Sapp. Wasn't he an MMA fighter? Yeah, he was MMA fighter and <laughs> yeah. pro wrestler, and yeah, he's gigantic, dude. The dudes, the dudes, a, he wears a five XL shirt and he has abs. So, like, that tells you how fucking <laughs> the shit's probably tight on him too, huh? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's like, wild. I'm six two and like, you know, two two seventy, and that dude towered over me. Like, wow. But yeah, but it it was crazy, like just walking around the streets with him, like as a superstar, you know what I mean? Like that was crazy. Um, so, so, you know, just some of the shit that I've like, I've had, I've had dinners out in Korea with like the head of Hyundai or Hyundai or however you call the fucking car company. (laughs) Like, you know, like I've met some like, k-pop singers and it was fucking which awesome. is fucking huge out in japan oh yeah yeah or in korea yeah yeah like they're or korea yeah yeah yeah, yeah korea so, yeah yeah so you know going over there was definitely a highlight uh another early on highlight i have that kind of brings it all back to oregon is uh uh i did a show at the university in eugene i guess that's the university of oregon right the ducks yeah i think so yeah so i did a i did a show out then back when i was like 20 or 21 years old with uh kurt henning was on the show it was right after kind of he left wwe oh, i wow. guess or, or wcw or something i don't know but yeah so kurt henning was on the show and this is kind of not too far before he died and uh me and my partner, we were like the only two kind of green guys on the show. The rest of the guys were like, you know, they had Greg Valentine there and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and shit like that. All on the <laughs> show? Yeah, yeah. It was like a big oh, show shit. at the at the yeah, it drew about five thousand people or something at the at the university. Wow. And yeah, and they had like Johnny Fairplay who was just off like Survivor and that fucking TV show Survivor and <laughs> That's crazy. Like, yeah roddy piper was there and he kind of booked it and shit and he ended up uh so we kind of had this meeting kind of like you know kind of they brought piper brought us up to his hotel room and a couple of the guys were there like dan severn and uh kurt henning and shit like that <clears throat> and uh 
so we kind of had this meeting and then afterwards Henning's like, Hey, I want to go grab a drink. Anyone want to go have a drink? And everyone's like, ah, oh, no, nah, cause they were partying in the hotel room and partying oh, okay. pretty, pretty hard. I think in the hotel room and Kurt, it was crazy. Kurt Henning's like, Oh, does anyone want to grab a drink? I was like, I'll grab a drink with you, sir. And so, uh, Kurt Henning took me out drinking out, out, out to a couple <laughs> bars around the university. And that was fucking cool. He was the nicest dude, man. Like, wow. You know, that's definitely this, a story to tell. Yeah. It's <laughs> a uh, hidden gem. Yeah. I remember like having a beer with him and, uh, I was like, so sir, do you, have, do you have kids or anything? He's like, yeah, I got a couple kids. I have a daughter and, uh, you know, a couple sons. I think he, I think he had two sons or something like that. And, and, I was like, oh, do you ever hope they become wrestlers? And he's like, fuck no. I hope they never get in this business. And then, <laughs> and then the one kid actually ended up going into the business. So. You're like, uh, Curtis Axel, right? Yeah. And when I did the Harley <laughs> Race Camp back in 2009, his uh, daughter was actually uh, training with uh, Harley Race. So, so I, I met her. He didn't want. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know. You know how it goes. All those guys, I guess they figure it might be an easy buck or easy yeah. career to fall into. Do you ever tell? Do you ever tell his daughter that you went out drinking with her dad? I did, and I actually <laughs> like. Uh, I, it, you know, we're all doing a show at the end of the Harley Race Camp, and I was one of the guys to get chosen to wrestle, which was cool. And I, uh, you know, just before the show started, I kind of took her aside and I told her the story, and I was like, you know, like your dad was the coolest fucking guy, man, and you know just meeting him that one night really meant a lot and she started tearing up and stuff. So I kind of felt a little bad, but you know, I think she just, you know, liked to hear how her dad was such a cool fucking dude. So he was oh, awesome. Yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about him for the one night I met him. Yeah. I met, I met him once when I was a little kid, <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't more than a picture getting taken, you know what I mean? And yeah, me just be like, Oh man, you know, I met him in like the Mr. Perfect days, you know, like early Mr. Perfect days. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was cool, man. Like I- I've heard nothing but good stories about him. That's, that's an amazing story, dude. <laughs> I-, yeah, I, would be, I would treasure that moment for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's cool to meet like your idols and find out they're good dudes as opposed to like on the- actually funny enough on that same show, Sabu was booked and, uh, Sabu was one of my favorite wrestlers and he, he, uh, so he came into the dressing room and I walk up to him and I'm like, Oh, you know, doing the whole fucking, you know, shake your hand and, you know, you got to shake everyone's hand, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I walked up to him and I was like, Oh, Sabu, I'm a, you're a big fucking, you're one of my favorite wrestlers and blah, blah, blah. And stuck my hand out and he just looks at me and goes, do you have any pills? And I'm like, uh, no, sir. And he's like, Oh, well, what good are you then? And just kind of turned away. I was like, Oh, Damn. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, looking back at it, it's kind of funny because it's Sabu asking me for pills. So, you know, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> man, what a letdown. I, I, I've, I've had a few of those situations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, some, you know, you got to understand a lot of those guys are going from town to town and fucking shitty coach flights and, you know, shitty flight to shitty town blah 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 but you know that that you know, so i can understand why they're grumpy but fuck man you're doing that you could be working in a fucking warehouse like you or me you know so yeah but, yeah you know but yeah that's a letdown but hey yeah. you know at least you got shit faced with 
Kurt Haney. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes up for all of it, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I had the uh, same uh, experience with. Um, <laughs> I've told this story on the podcast before, but I've had the same experience with uh, Chris Jericho. But I think that I don't think that it was the exact same experience as what you know what you had. You know, it wasn't very up close and personal, but um, yeah, I think he was just kayfabing me because he was a heel at the time. Yeah, yeah. Told me to go fuck myself. Oh fuck! <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was just staying in kayfabe though. That was back yeah. when kayfabe was still alive and shit. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I've actually talked to him on Twitter a couple of times, and he he seems like a pretty cool guy. But yeah, from what I understand, like he's, uh, you know, I can't get down with a bit of his like fucking anti-masker views and shit like that at this time. But uh, oh yeah, you know, and I know he he was a. He was a bit of a trumper, which, you know, he was, yeah, <laughs> which, no secret, <laughs> which is a bit of a bummer, you know, but, uh, you know, at the same time, like, uh, my buddies, uh, did a show with him. They were playing like some giant festival. Their band was playing a giant festival in Australia with them. Oh, wow. With, uh, Fozzie. Yeah. And, uh, they said like they walked they I guess they shared a dressing room with Fozzie and, they left to play their set and then came back to the dressing room and they opened the door and Jerrica was just downing a bottle of vodka, just like on his own, just like, like just giving her. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, I guess he's a bit of an animal behind the scenes. He's fucking party yeah. hard, but I get yeah, Who knows? I'm sure he's probably, well, that's, that's why, that's why he's chubby today. Yeah. But, <laughs> his rock star life. Yeah. But fuck, he's, he's lived life bad. So, Man, that's Get just on one him. band like that has always cracked me up, dude. I love Chris Jericho and and you know, I've I've always been a huge fan <laughs> of his professional wrestling man. And I like yeah. the song that he comes out to in AEW, the Judas song, but yeah. It's as far have you ever listened to like a Fozzie record? Have you ever heard any of it? Dude, it's not really my uh it's not really my my musical choice. It's kind of cheesy, I think. But it's it's corny as fuck, bro. Like so here, and I don't mean to like bury him, but no, no, like this is, this is, uh, so you can tell that he is heavily influenced by the old, like eighties, eighties metal, right? Because if yeah, you he listen loves, to it, yeah, it's a butt rock band basically, right? Definitely. Like, and then some of the riffs are just like some of the same shit that he loves, like Motley Crue and Guns and Rose. Like you can totally tell, man, that it's the same shit. Some of it, like, I mean, fuck, even ripped off the name Ozzy yeah. and, and turned it to Fozzy. So I mean, uh, ever since that band came on the scenes a few years back, man, like it, it's that it was just always a joke to me, man. But <laughs> yeah, at least he's you know he's getting to live the dream and do some. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like what you said, you know, when you got the money, yeah, you know, you can just do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you know, at least he's, you know, it's it's cool that he's always had this music passion and you know and i think a little bit too is like i'm sure he's touring in in a bus and shit don't get me wrong oh, yeah yeah but a lot of those shows he plays he he isn't packing out venues in fozzy you know what i mean no like, no yeah like, I've, I've seen him booked around here like you've played gigs over here and in, in like seattle and portland yeah and shit right so yeah he's he's booking out gigs like um the hawthorne theater in portland and yeah 
you know what I mean? The knitting factory in Spokane and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. And he's, and he's probably only packing like a quarter of the people in there. You know what I mean? Like, or how well, they're, the they're, pr- they're pretty full venues from what I've heard. I've never been to a Fozzie oh, show, but, yeah. um, but they're not big venues. So, I mean, oh, they you know, hold you a couple would, hundred. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Probably 500 tops. But, yeah. And that's like, that's like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And like, you know, but I think it's his way of, you know, like, I think he misses kind of that whole independent DIY type thing. And it's kind of his way to get back there kind of in his own way, even though I'm do- I'm sure he's doing it comfortably, but yeah. Know. Yeah. Can't well, hate I mean, on him least, for that. No, I don't. And, and at least he's charismatic, dude. I mean, like I've seen some videos of him playing live and shit. He, he's charismatic and he's got the rock star vibe. And luckily for him, he did grow up on the eighties rock and roll scene so that's when rock and roll was at its best <laughs> to me and i mean yeah and and you know at least he he takes after like some of the legends you know what i mean so yeah he's got some good good stage presence and shit he's got a good voice too you know it kind of sounds like chris jericho singing but i mean at least it works <laughs> yeah i'm sure live he has some backing tracks to help him out or some audio right. room, but you know fuck <laughs> who doesn't yeah. these days right so yeah, no, that's yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Especially if you're a hip hop artist. Yo, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, what were some of your favorite favorite matches in wrestling? Like some of the matches that are, you know, stick out to you. Oh, besides man. Korea and stuff like that. Um, I started my own promotion up here just to run a few shows for shits and giggles, and uh, oh wow, yeah, and I brought it was called uh, Wise Pro Wrestling WPW. And because the hall we ran was called the Wise Hall, so I just called it WPW. And uh, I brought in Dalton Castle one for a show, and he was awesome. That's probably my favorite match was me and him. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, sadly, probably like one of my other favorite matches I ever had was against Joey Ryan, but you can't really say that anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, is a, which fucking sucks. But... Uh, you know yeah he's yeah everybody eats that guy alive that's for sure yeah and you know i don't want to get into specifics like you know but all i could say is like when i brought him to my show i thought you know he was great to work with but you know obviously you know i don't want to talk shit but you know if there's 20 something claims against you maybe you know, maybe they're not all true, but that's a lot of cases, right? So yeah, it's I, yeah, too many, know. too many coming forward. That's for sure. And yeah, so that's the climate we live in today. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that's pretty much uh, cut and dry. <laughs> yeah, so those were those are my fave kind of favorite matches. Uh, fuck, anytime I got to wrestle Davy Richards was always a good time too. He was great too. I, it was it was great to meet that guy at, at Prestige as well, man. I th- I, th- I don't think he's fucking wrestling anymore. I think he's like a doctor or something now. Yeah, he's a he's like a firefighter or a medic now. A firefighter. That's like, what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, like I knew he was doing something like in the in that field. <laughs> yeah, and I know he gets a lot of heat for you know being difficult to work with. Some people say or you know like this and that, but if I like. I could honestly tell you this, like he was the best wrestler I've ever been in the ring with. Like he, every time I left, every time I left the ring after wrestling him, I literally learned something new. 
which you can't say with a lot of shit, right? Like, yeah, he, he's just that good. And he could have, you know, it's a shame that he's not, you know, maybe he got, maybe he got out before fucking, you know, his mind, like, I don't know what he was going through in his head or whatever. Maybe it was something bad, but he, he was, he, I could honestly say he's the best wrestler I've ever stepped in the ring with by far. Well, we were supposed to get a, a Davy Richards versus Kenny Lush part two for the title and uh, he in prestige. Yeah. And, and he ended up, uh, I can't remember what happened, but he ended up forfeiting that title. And then I think uh, King King Cash, is that his name? King Cash. Yeah, Cash. It? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, now it's now it's on Lawler. So Tom Lawler. <laughs> Yeah, and Lawler's fucking great. So oh, he's phen- yeah. he's phenomenal. That guy cracks me up, dude. Yeah, he's such a good dude. You ever run- seen his his new entrance music that he comes out to all the time? No, not yet. Um, oh, what is it? What is that one song from Seal? Oh, "Kiss by a Rose" or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yep. that's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's his theme song, dude. And it's he just pulls that shit off, dude. He comes out with like a t shirt, the 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 old bow tie t shirt. Oh fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> with a rose and everything and he's getting all intimate with the crowd, dude. It, it cracks me up how he pulls that off. Nice. Yeah, he he picked up wrestling fast like he's extremely good. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, so. man. I I as a matter of fact, when Matt Riddle made it into the WWE, dude, I thought for sure that that um cuz I seen Matt Riddle on the independents as well before he went to WWE and yeah. I thought for sure Tom Lawler was going to make it there before him. But Matt Riddle is also another one that has picked it up quite well. Yeah. He's great. Also the he's, fact he's that he MMA doesn't guys, dude. Yeah. The fact that Riddle doesn't wear any shoes or boots kind of freaks me out, but <laughs> he's going to break a toe. Yeah. Fuck I got him. <laughs> one of my best friends. <laughs> like when Matt Riddle first came on the scene, he's like, I can't get with him. And I was like, why? He's phenomenal. He's like, he's like the fucking guy doesn't wear boots. <laughs> yeah I'm like, that's not a good reason no totally <laughs> this, this guy's a phenomenal athlete now he likes it but when yeah. he first came on the scene man it was it was that was the whole uh i guess that was the deal breaker for him yeah <laughs> but no fuck, he's he's great he picked it up fast but you know it's easy to get really good when you're you know like i don't think i started getting good until i started branching out and you know like I sat in the local companies here for years and you just work the same fucking local guys and everyone thinks they're the best and this and that. And it's like, you don't realize until like you work a guy like Davey Richards, like, Oh shit. Like these guys are a step above, you know what I mean? And yeah, luckily, luckily riddle, you know, and Lawler, you know, coming with the UFC background, they were able to hop on some good shows and start, you know, working with some good guys right off the bat. And, they picked it up fast and you know yeah yeah they're 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 both killing it dude yeah i'm looking forward to um the next the next step for tom lawler he's currently the the prestige MLW. champion though so and, yeah, and, and, MLW. and mlw yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean he can't he can't go to no major leagues just yet he better drop that prestige title at least yeah well i hope uh <laughs> i know every time i talk to that william cat i still chat to him here and there and he has fucking aspirations and dreams and he had so much shit planned for the new year and oh yeah prestige was gonna was gonna head to the next level definitely man william's fucking killing it dude 
he he's he's another one that's very smart when it comes to booking and everything else because he comes from the music scene as well. It's something about like music and wrestling that's just hand in hand. Yeah, I think it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if you're kind of from that like independent punk or hardcore scene, I I think you just have like a bit more of an ear to the ground as opposed to like being some like fat carny ex pro wrestler who only knows fucking shitty pro wrestling. Like, you right. know, like, and that's what, you know, that's kind of been the problem not to shit on anyone around here, but it's just been that way for so many years. And BC out where I live, it's always just been like, you got the same few guys on top and, you know, they're, they book their friends and they get comfortable. And, you know, as the years go by, more and more of the guys get fucking, they look more and more worse, you know, but yeah. you know, what's the motivation to go to the gym and try hard if you're in the main event every time in front of 70 people in a basement. Right. So definitely. Well, that know. independent scene is just so much different than the mainstream too. I mean, there's yeah. a lot more, there's a lot more fans booking wrestling now and fans just get it, dude. It's, it's crazy. Like, how because I'm I'm more of an old school wrestling type of guy too. I mean, I I I love watching like 80s wrestling and shit like that. It's no secret on this podcast that that's just my that's my gym. Like yeah. I like the old school brawler fest and blood and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not so much into like the light tube shit and you know what I mean? Oh, all this fuck that. Like, all this crazy shit that they got on wrestling now, but and now it's like everything is a gimmick in wrestling, you know what I mean? Like something that you didn't think would work, you know, or wouldn't work on TV. Uh, independent wrestling throws that book out the window and it's, yeah. it, it just works. So I, I think that with fans booking it rather than like you say, like an old, like carny old professional wrestler, that's just stuck in this one mindset. Um, I think it just gives it that extra bit of love that these other fans can reach out to. Yeah. And, and the times are changing. Like I remember like back in the day, you know, once in a while you'd get some like fan who had a couple bucks and always wanted to, you know, he wants to book his own dream wrestling show. You know, you like back. I remember back in like the two thousands or like in the nineties, like you'd have a guy pop up like that and everyone would just take advantage of him. You know what I mean? And all oh, this guy's oh, yeah. a fucking Mark. Like let's just take <laughs> his money and fucking tell him to fuck off. And you know, and then it's like, Oh sweet. Well, the guy worked really hard, flew in some guys, you know, actually worked hard to draw a crowd. And now we've, you know, you guys all fucked them over and now we're back to like wrestling for like the shitty old, yeah, <laughs> fucking toothless fucking fans in the, you know, in Cloverdale or something, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, 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 it happens, man. But yeah, I mean, uh, so are you keeping up with any professional wrestling today? Do you watch anything from AEW to, um, they even have like NWA's back, you know, on a uh, YouTube or whatever. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wanted to watch a little bit of that NWA, but it's just, uh, you know, I, I didn't give it a chance probably because I'm bitter. I applied to be, uh, <laughs> I applied once to be, uh, sm- smashing pumpkins bass player. They did an open call for bass players once and oh, okay. I submitted and they never chose me. So I'm a little bitter with anything Billy Corrigan does. Until, so fuck Billy Corrigan then. Yeah. Until he gives me a fucking. <laughs> Let my new band, let rest easy open for smashing pumpkins. But, uh, you know, nah, this year it's been weird. Like, uh, I'm one of those guys, like when, when I'm in wrestling, I engulf myself in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm studying yeah. it. I'm this and that. And 
now that I kind of know, like, you know, it's not there, like, I still love it, but it's just hard to engulf myself into it. And these pandemic shows fucking don't help at all, man. Like, it's really hard. Yeah. It's hard to get into these. Wrestling's meant to be, you know, a crowd kind of dictates where you go if you yeah, know how to spectacle. work. Like, yeah. And, you know, like, you're calling hope spots, you know, for, for the baby and the heat you kind of need that crowd to fucking work up and be like, okay, start fighting back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you know, with no crowd, it's kind of, to, to be honest, the only shit I've watched this year is, uh, I tracked down El Phantasmo cause he's a buddy of mine. I tracked down his match from, uh, from Russell kingdom that he just had. Oh and, yeah. yeah. And, uh, other than that, the only other shit I've watched was, uh, uh, Prince David or what's his name? Balor, Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn uh, Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Those two matches they had. Oh, they were great. Yeah. Uh, oh fuck, they were awesome. And yeah, Kyle uh, O'Reilly kills it, man. Dude, Kyle's Kyle's easily hands down the best wrestler in the world right now. He's he's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I don't think I can argue that. Yeah. And I don't want to take credit for any of it, but I'll take credit right here. I was the guy that kind of told him, like, I know Davy Richards was like, "You got to get out of here," and. I remember one night me and Kyle after training, we, we went out for food or coffee or something like that. And I was just like, man, you're at the age I was when I was doing dagger mouth. You just got to get in a van and get the fuck out of here, man. If you want, like you'll always have school and you know, you're, it's not like your family's going to disown you. If shit goes sideways, you can come back and, and get your bedroom back. You know what I mean? But yeah, you gotta, now's the time for you to get the fuck out of here. You're, you're better than everyone else. And, and he did. And, you know, now look at him, man. He's fucking, I'm so proud of the guy. Everything he's done has been awesome. Yeah. Him and Bobby fish, man. Those guys. Oh yeah. Phenomenal. Fish is a good dude too. Like all those guys, even Adam Cole, you know, like when I was doing the ring of honor stuff, they, you know, I was just some, you know, as Kyle's bud, but like, I was just some like fucking jabroni and, you know, they were all so nice to me and fucking, helped me out and stuff like that. So, you know, all those guys that they deserve where they are now and they deserve to be headlining WrestleMania in a year, two year, three years from now, because they are the best that there is for sure. Well, I have no doubt that that will, that that won't happen. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, they're definitely going to be there. Um, I'm surprised they're not there now. I mean, the, the main roster definitely needs a shakeup for that brand. <laughs> yeah, so. but if you t- if you take the undisputed era out of NXT, uh, does NXT then they'll probably have a lot just, left? Then they'll probably just split the undisputed era. <laughs> yeah, which which would suck, and that would definitely suck, man. Yeah, so, is is it safe to say that professional wrestling's on hold, or or is it done until uh, the music thing kicks off, or what's going on? That's never done. I'm like Dennis Stamp and uh, beyond the beyond the mat or whatever. You know, I'm just jumping on the trampoline with my five pound weights, waiting for the show. But uh, you know, I'll I never say never, and I'm not you know one of these guys to just do uh you know go online and be oh, I'm retiring or whatever. But you know, at the same time, I just I feel now. I just got better shit to do on a Friday night or Saturday night than, you know, <laughs> for sure. It, it'd be different. Like if I was living in Seattle and there was like defy and shit like that, like I'd be all over it. But you know, right now, like the fucking wrestling scene in BC is pretty fucking weak. So, you know, I I'm done fucking breaking my body for, 
you know, not a lot of return and shit like that, you know? So, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what's the, what's the, what's the plan for the new band? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, well, February 12th, our album or our EP it's four song, seven inch comes out. You can pre-order it now on mutant league records, mutantleaguerecords.com. And, uh, yeah, on February 12th, that drops. We'll have a music video drop in. And uh, we'll, I wish we could tour, man, do some gigs and stuff. But, you know, right now we're just going to keep working towards putting the full length out. And, uh, yeah, the minute shows can happen and a country will allow us in to play, you know, like I want to get over back to the UK and back to Europe to play and shit for sure. So... Once that happens, I'm, you know, we're gonna start just banging off hard there. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, so your your single is released right now, though. Yeah, it's called uh, "Get Busy Dying." So, if you search on YouTube or fucking Spotify or anything, "Rest Easy, Get Busy Dying," it'll pop up. And yeah, if you like melodic hardcore, fast punk rock, like it might be your jam. Well, I definitely like that, man. And I think that everybody listening should as well. <laughs> Go check that shit out and support these guys, man. Um, Thanks, all, right. all right. Well, as we as we wind down, dude, um, where can they follow you on? I'm on uh, the Instagram and the Twitter at Kenneth A. Lush. So, yeah, fucking add me up. And, uh, yeah. Drop me a line, shoot the shit with me. I'm always down to chat with people. There you go, man. And if you guys haven't seen any matches from this guy, you got to go check them out. They're all over YouTube, man. Go check it out. Type oh, in. Kenny some are Lush. bad. Some are good. There's hey, there's man. a fucking, <laughs> there's me <laughs> wrestling the grappler Len Denton on one of my fucking <laughs> first ever matches in uh, for TV for uh, uh, Portland wrestling back in like '99. But <laughs> hey, yeah. But check out some of the shit with because I think that the Davy Richards matches are are up on YouTube. Yeah, there's and, a few for sure. Yeah, and definitely go check those out. Great matches. Uh, I'm I'm do believe that Prestige has that one as well because they have all their shows on. Geez, I don't want to but- butcher their link. I I can't remember if it's Pro Wrestling TV or what yeah. it was, man. But they got that shit up, man. Go. <laughs> follow yeah. Prestige.net and you'll find out. <laughs> PrestigeWrestling.net, you'll find it. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, guys. You can follow us as always on Facebook and Instagram at the Pro Wrestling Shoot, and then you can follow me or well, us on Twitter at TPWS Podcast. Um, also, we have a Patreon now, so I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, we're broke. So come and support it. <laughs> Pretty cheap. You get you get exclusive content, exclusive interviews. You get all of our shit early. Um, it's worth the, you know, it's worth the shot to come check it out. If you don't like it, cancel your subscription. It's, uh, at www.patreon.com slash the pro wrestling shoot. Kenny, man, I appreciate, uh, you taking your time and telling your story here, man, uh, from a fellow rocker to another dude. I, I appreciate everything that you've done, especially in pro wrestling. Um, I look forward to the band hitting the scene and I can't wait until you guys can start touring. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been great to chat some pro wrestling. I don't do it as much as I like to anymore. So yeah, I'm always down to shoot the shit about the wrestling. Yeah, so man. Thank well, you. well, if you ever make it to the States again for wrestling or uh, the music, 
you gotta shoot me a line, man, because I definitely want to come check you out. I wanted oh, to check out Daggermouth, and I ended up missing that opportunity. So, oh, we didn't even end up even doing Seattle or Portland on on our reunion, so that was kind of a bit of a bummer. But yeah, yeah. I was bummed as soon as Rest. I heard you guys were getting back together. I was I was stoked because I I've listened to your stuff, but I just you know I never got to see you live. So, ah, you come see Rest Easy. We'll make it. We'll make it your way. I swear. There you go. Just yeah. let me know. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, definitely, man. You guys have a great week. Um, We'll see you next week. Yeah, and stay safe out there, guys. Wear a mask. For fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) The Pro Wrestling Shoot listeners, it is I, Conrad Cushman from Everything Pro Wrestling, here to let you know that Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans and you guys can catch us on youtube where we record all of our podcast episodes live where we get fan interaction fan feedback and get your thoughts on everything happening in the pro wrestling world so do us a favor join us on wednesdays after aew dynamite at 10 p.m eastern standard time join us in the live stream Come on in and leave your thoughts about AEW Dynamite. We also do pay-per-view reviews for all of your favorite companies, whether it's WWE, NXT, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. Sometimes we even pop up with a local indie review. Just make sure you're subscribed to Everything Pro Wrestling on YouTube. And if you want to listen to us on the go and you want to just listen to the audio versions, we are also featured on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, let's get back to listening to Jesse and the pro wrestling shoot. Don't forget to check out Rent Ray Podcast every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube, which is my name, Brennan Martin. Look up Brennan Martin. It features a profile of myself and Chavo Guerrero. And, and Rent Ray Podcast contains four main hosts, which is myself, Jordan Little, Andrew Hawking, and David St. Dennis, as we discuss out news, sports, video games, movies, TV shows, pro wrestling, and much, much more, and also exclusive interviews as well, including talent from Prestige Wrestling, Fi, Without a Cause, I mean, and a whole lot more, including former WWE superstars and also current AEW superstars as well. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, which is Rant Ray Podcast, and also the Twitter page at R&R Podcast 19, capital R&R-P, rest for lowercase, clue number 19. Same handle with Instagram, but all of its lowercase, including number 19. And don't forget to check out the, to listen all podcasts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and many more, many available platforms as well. And also do not forget to check out the store, which is brainbusterdees.com for your Rent Ray Podcast merch, including the fanny pack, face mask, t-shirts, uh, hoodies, stickers, hats, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, tank top, joggers, a beanie as well, and many more to go. So that, and to look that up is brainbustertees.com slash other slash rant dash and dash rave dash podcast slash and always the rant and rave podcast hey everyone i'm austin 
I'm Miguel. I'm Brian. And we're the Off the Muda Scale Wrestling Podcast. We bring weekly reviews for WWE Raw and SmackDown, as well as AEW Dynamite. Uh, we also cover each WWE and AEW pay-per-view, as well as those other companies at times. Tune in each Sunday for new episodes from the Mountain Minds of Lifelong Wrestling Fans. Check out the Off the Muda Scale Wrestling Podcast.